everybody. Good evening. Welcome to No Ideas Original Sports. Here with Reem and Theo again for another great show. How you yes, guys sir. doing? What's going on? All good, my bros. No complaints over here. Good, man. Likewise. So we got we got a lot of basketball talk because we full into it. So I figured let's take care of the other stuff first, man. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start with the Errol Spence eye injury, man. <laughs> I see Theo smiling already. <laughs> what, what do you guys think happened with that? Um, I'm not sure. I'm assuming it was sparring. Um, was it a torn retina? Is what it is. So I mean, torn retina is generally something serious. <laughs> you know, it's nothing to play around with. So, how long is the fight been postponed? I don't think they have. They don't have a date yet, do they? For the, for the, um... Uh, no, they don't date because, uh... The final fighter is you guys. I don't know, you guys. He's the guy who fought, um... Sean Porter. I mean, if you guys are going to fight something, he beat Sean Porter. He actually was on the same card as well, but he's going to fight uh, in the main event now and he plays uh, Errol Spence. He was a tough fighter for Mike Pacquiao, so I get Pacquiao credit for fighting somebody who was no legitimate, who's tough. You know, he kicked it like that, the fights, and now I'll pass away. Yeah, but uh, you guys is tough. Uh, at least they got somebody in there uh, on that notice. I know um, what, what's funny is after the accident, didn't Errol Spence's eye look a little different to begin with? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah kind of like one of his eyes were like a little droopy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if that was the. I wonder if that was the same one or something. But I noticed, yeah, after the accident, he, it didn't look the same. Yeah, I know that too. Well said. Uh, uh, yeah, I know that too as well. It could, it could be a um, continuation from the car accident. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good that it happened at all, but I guess better in sparring or whatever the case may be than the actual fight. You don't want to see it happen at all, but if a guy is going to get injured like that, let it be before the main event. Yeah. Get out there and it would have lasted two or three rounds because he got hit and it'd have been a, a stoppage or something crazy or something. Right. So we got some odds are the guy who who caught him in sparring is probably not the same as Manny Pacquiao, you know? No, I'm I'm doubting not. It, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you try to match the sparring partner as close to the you know, to the fighter, so maybe it's a high output guy, but I don't know. Should be, if that's the case, he, the sparring partner should be looking to fight Manny Pacquiao or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would assume there's some, I, I something lingering from, uh, you know, the car accident. Yeah. yeah, that would be my guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he gets over it quick because you don't want to have nothing that's just lingering, like, for long term or something. Mm-hmm. Where, where these things affect him. This car accident might have affected his career long term. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, immediately, like when I hear the torn retina, I think back to Amari Stoudemire. He had to start wearing all type of goggles when he played, right? Because before that, he wasn't wearing the goggles. I don't think and they're going to let you wear goggles the So I don't think you can box the goggles on as far as I know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what happens, you know. <laughs> Amari was saying that the recovery was kind of grueling because he had to lay down like face first or something for yeah. 20 something hours, 30 hours, whatever it is. So it's not it's not an easy injury to come back from. 
especially right. in boxing, where you're bound to get hit in the face. Right. It's definitely something to, to, to look out for with Spence going forward. So he, he, he's got to, he's either got to go with one or two strategies. He's either got to fight somebody easy to see how it is, or go for the big payday because it might be the last one. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's, that's the other one, you know, that's, that record is funny, you know, that record is definitely funny, you know, how, you know how severe it is, you know, like like a Mari severe, we don't, we don't know, but our record is, a tour our is very serious, no matter how severe it is or how light it is, yeah. so he definitely have an option to think about, I guess, as far as like, go for a big payday, or go for somebody light, you know what I'm saying, to warm up, get back in shape and feel the thing, then go for that big payday, so, interesting, man. Yeah, definitely. So in the major in the major leagues, we had a pitcher's first start hit a no hitter in the first start. Tyler Gilbert. To me, that's that's real impressive. First first, well, the one thing. I think we did we lose Ken there for a minute. Yeah, he froze up a little bit. But yeah, I I, I seen uh. Gilbert, I guess the only way for him to go is down, so to speak. <laughs> you know, but what a hell of a start to his career. Um, and I think, was he just picked up via trade, I think? I think he may have just been picked up via trade or something, and this was his first start. So to see a guy go out there and throw a no-hitter against the Padres of all teams, too, right? The Padres are a good hitting team. Yeah, tough team. Definitely, definitely a dream come, dream come true scenario. Something you dream about in, in the sleep all the time, and you know. So uh, that being said, it's definitely in record books for him. So God bless him and his family. His family was there too, as well, from the witnesses as well. You know, so yeah, your first major league uh, start ever in your career, man. And, and no hitter, like that's yeah, a great yeah. achievement right there, man. So yeah, kudos to him for sure. Kudos for sure. Like you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like you said, you know. The lineup is crazy, man. The Padres got a lineup. I don't mind really pitching too much, you know. But the lineup is definitely vicious, man, for sure, man. So Yeah, to go out there and do it in general is impressive, but especially against a team like that. You know. Yeah, you know, with Machado and other guys got his name. Tatis. Tatis is just an animal, man. They got yeah. Hauser, they got from KC and Freaky C from years ago. So from one to nine, man, they definitely pull him in their issue. So uh, but baseball need that too as well. Baseball, they needed that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Needed that. So, yeah, some, some, some big news, you know. Besides, uh, cause other sports always dominate baseball for the last couple of years. So having that pitch no hitter, I think, I think it might be the eighth or ninth no hitter this season. Matter of fact, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a lot right there. That sounds like a lot. I wonder what the lot. record is for a single season. You know, when I when I seen his soul's name, I seen flashbacks at eight, so I, I didn't bother to research that. I should I should research that for sure, and see how many what the record is, man. So it gotta be more than that, more than eight, that's for sure. Cause that had eight this year, so yeah, yeah, it's definitely definitely impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think he lost a game afterwards after that. I think he's one on one now. I think he lost to the Giants. Yeah, I think he lost to the Giants recently. So um. So now he's now he's I guess he's humble with back to earth so to speak you know <laughs> with, with other pitches. It's one of those things too, like you said, Theo, where I think baseball kind of needed needed that. Yeah. Shot, yeah. Know, something exciting yeah. happened. Something exciting, right, right, right. I think um the true deadline was very exciting too as well. 
you know, the, the trade deadline because I have to give uh, a good uh, attention get, so to speak. So this year's trade deadline was, was good for baseball as far as all the transactions. Yeah. They have this kid come along with a no-hitter, man. It was just uh, something good for baseball, man. Yeah, we were saying, Kenyatta, that not only is it impressive, obviously, that the guy threw a no-hitter, but to do it against the Padres of all teams, and the Padres are a hell of a hitting team. I believe that they, they tied the record, too. I think the eight is the record for a season. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Cool. We were just talking about that. Yeah, eight is the record for the season. So that, that's a lot. Eight yes. on season. I mean, it seems like baseball kind of swings back and forth because this is definitely not a big-time hitter's year. You look at the averages, these averages are, looks like the 1980s, like where, remember where 300 batting average was the high or something like that? Mm. I, mean, yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how many people are batting like over 320 this year. Is there even a person batting over 320? Not too many. Yeah, not right now. Many. We, yeah, right now. We're batting 270, 275. That, 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 that's all star status, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all star status. So. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a big time change from, from uh, knocking the ball off the cover out of the park stuff they had. Right. Yeah, looking at it now, uh, Michael Brantley from Houston is the the league leader in batting average batting 332 then the next two guys are batting 318 so it's only one guy over 320 this year wow wow single guy home run seemed to be down too um yeah oh time he's still 39 homers yeah you know more like talking to baseball in the mound you know yeah no more residue on your cap man you know are you like, twisting out ball on the mound, you know? You tell you guys a story, man. I kid you not. I mean, it's a subject, but I went to my grandma's house one time. My grandma was a big uh, Mets fan. Okay. And he did Dwight Gooden's good years. And I, I'm going to tell you this one time, very soon. I could have sworn I saw Dwight Gooden use a rocking bag uh, substance on the ball <laughs> as well. And at the time, I played baseball, so I was young, like 12, 13, whatever, you know? So I'm like, do you put that? Isn't that illegal to myself? You know, you put it, you know, he didn't even do it on his hand, rub his hand. He did it and then got the ball and then it was like, you know, charging the ball, man. I was like, I don't know, I think he's cheating, man. But, you know, Dwight was still great, nonetheless. Yeah. Like, like um, all that, the, the spin rates then dropped dramatically after they said none of that substances or something. Yeah. Because I know, mm-hmm. um, guy on the Yankees, he's a, he, he was a, he was taking a beating after that. Um, yeah, you got yeah. Cole? Yeah. Yes. That's been ready yeah. to drop dramatically. Somebody, um, the other one, he got hurt. He got hurt. I'm like, how did you mm. know from not being able to doctor the ball up? You got hurt? They should have they did this after the season <laughs> or something. Right. I think Gary Cole had a high, I think Gary Cole had maybe like two shaky starts. Yeah. After that, too, then he got back in his groove of things and that's like that. So, um, yeah, yeah he man. Yeah. From his cap to like his wristband or something. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's, uh, Cole is just coming back now again, right? From COVID, I think. Yeah, he's supposed to pitch tomorrow. I mean, yeah. hey, speaking of, speaking of Yankees and Mets, well, the Yankees, I, to their credit, other than playing against the White Sox, who seemed like a juggernaut, they were doing really well. Playing, playing really well. The White Sox. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. 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 It like some of the players that turned it around, the averages are coming up a little bit. LeMay was looking a little better. 
I think what's what I like the Gallo pickup. And this guy seems to play well for them in clutch. Uh, Rugnet Odor, he seems to do play well for them in clutch. I love that guy, man. Yeah. I love that dude, Odor. I love Odor. Yeah, definitely he's, a, he's a good player. He's playing well for them. Yeah. Those trades helped out a lot. Those trades for Rizzo and, um, and Gallo helped out a lot, man. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Yankees, they needed, they needed like a shot in the arm. Yeah. And those trades, yeah, were kind of, kind of, like you said, help them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. on, on the flip side, the Mets look like the wheels done came off or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened there. Like they, and then these last these last games against the Dodgers, I mean, come fight all the way back, only to lose in extra innings or home runs and stuff. Like very winnable game though. But again, mm -hmm. um, this guy, the Grom is out too. Yeah, he been for a while. Yeah, been for a good while. Yeah. And then um, but, uh, this guy got derailed. Um, what's his name? Thor. He got derailed. He was supposed to come back. Um, Did he pitch this year, Thor? Senegal? No, no. He was he was a Thor pitching in the minor leagues, and they said he felt some soreness, so they pulled him back up. So he hasn't pitched at all. That's tough. That's and then tough. he went out there, and got beat up by Zach Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From a teammate, Mm. So they got some, some interesting stuff going on by Yeah, if you're falling apart, the Yankees, man. That's what it is, basically. I think the Yankees are squeezing out. I, I think the Mets, I think it might be over with. Well, you, you, you know, the, the, the schedule, you know, when you play a team like the Nationals, you know, the Phillies, Phillies is tough. So you got to beat those teams. Yeah, you know, because yeah. now you know you, you play Nationals and now Nationals playing you tough and you can't beat the Pirates, you can't beat the Reds, and now we're starting playing the Dodgers, yeah. big game series, three fucking series. After the Dodgers playing the Giants, yeah, three fucking series, trip, yeah. right? And after the Giants, you got to play the Dodgers again for three, four more games. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. So you know, it can be over in the next week or so, basically. Right, right. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, if the season ended today, they would make, they, they would miss the playoffs. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're third place in their own division. After you figure too, after leading the division this all the way through, up until what this last week, right? This, yeah, but last week and a half, ever since All Star break, kind of, you know, sort of yeah, give or take, yeah, who did? This All Star break, they fell apart. Yeah. The good thing for them is that neither one of these teams, the Braves, or because nobody's like really like tearing it up or something. Plus, the Braves and Phillies played each other, so that helped. Mm hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it's true. Not, Definitely. It's still, not, it's still not out of distance, but I can see it getting real ugly in the next week or so. Yeah, when you when you play the Giants and Dodgers, you know, nine or 12 straight times, that's, that could be yeah. very, very difficult. Yep. They can go from being down, I think, man, it might be like maybe one and a half games, two now, to being down ten real fast. Mm -hmm. yeah, right exactly. Now, two games back. Yeah. Two games back? Okay, yeah. It's tough. And like you said, the, it's not like the Braves are tearing it up. So, <laughs> they got a little bit of a shot, but they got to turn it around quick. It's like, yeah. you know, that schedule is rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they said the Phillies might have the easiest schedule out of any team left or something like that. That's not good. That's not, yeah, that's not a good yeah. thing for the Mets. What a that's great good. 
So, moving on, we got a lot of basketball to talk about. A lot. Listen, we got some some interesting things. I think let's start with um let's start with the with the big team, not the summer league stuff. Let's start let's start with LeBron or something. How what do we think LeBron needs to win? Because right now, I mean, the Schroeder thing, that whole thing fell apart. I mean, I don't think they pretty much care for Schroeder anyway because they really didn't pursue him like that. But I mean, he's he's working out with Westbrook right now, so that's that's a plus. But I mean, Dwight Howard, Westbrook, and uh, and who? I mean, do you, do you think he needs more? Does he have enough? I mean, healthy Anthony Davis. I mean, what, I don't what know. Um, who, if any, in terms of shooters, did they bring in? Because they they definitely need people to space the floor. Because LeBron is not really obviously a knockdown shooter. Same thing with Westbrook, right? He struggles from the perimeter. Yeah. Davis, depending on who you get, right? Which Davis shows up, he can hit outside shots. But do you, do you even want him living out there? So I think um, it's shooters. Yeah, the shooters that I'm called, uh, Kent Bazemore, Wayne yeah. Ellington, yeah. Wayne Ellington. Uh, Metal's out there too as well. Yeah. Um... And they got the kid Malik Monk, you know, and Malik Monk yeah. from uh, Charlotte yeah. got those shooters, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, they got shooters, right? Them guys, those are the uh, 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 well-respected shooters. I can say that. Yeah, I, I, you know, what's funny too. Like one of the things that 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 a lot of people discount with this is that LeBron only gets a year older each time every year, and it seems like to me, it's not that he's getting bad, but I'm sure this is all taking a toll on him or something too. If he's got to go out there and be expect to to be the number one guy in every statistical category again, they, I mean you can't go you can't go into the playoffs with him trying to play 82 games and lead you in every category. It's, it's a lot. Plus, I like I wonder about the fit with him and Westbrook in terms of playing off the ball because both of them definitely need the ball because neither, neither one of them can really shoot too well. So if you got LeBron playing that point forward role, what is Westbrook doing? You can't really put him in the corner and expect him to knock down shots because he can't shoot. Well, I, I wonder about the fit. It seems ball. nice on paper. I just wonder how it how it pans out. I wonder um, what they're gonna do when you got um, Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Carmelo on the court at the same time. If they're gonna put out another basketball, who's shooting the next one? I think that yeah, least Carmelo kind of guy used to playing in that, you know, secondary, third, fourth option type of role with Portland, at least. And I can see him, you know, more than happy to sit in the corner. Yeah, I think Carmelo kind of played that USA basketball Carmelo Anthony role, where he kind of just sat in the corner, shot the threes from the wings. Yeah. I think he'll be fine in that role. I just wonder what Westbrook does with, when he's out there with LeBron on do they try to stagger their minutes or? Well, you know, the, the Lakers benefit from having those guys. So this is where they could, uh, you know, curve the minutes of uh, AD and um, and LeBron. If, a, if AD is, is, is healthy, you know, they, they should be the favorite because um, there's no S for AD, honestly. Um, but it allows uh, Westbrook and, and Melo to take over games, you know, LeBron sit a few times, you know, and let them do the public uh, scenario when, and the guys are sitting out games for, uh, for, for mystery reasons, so to speak. 
you know, but they have the pitch in place to let the let AD and, and Braun rest, man, going into the uh, playoffs. They got to be on cruise control for 82 games come playoff time. Yeah, like I guess, I guess, uh, get ready for the uh, championship run because all you need, all you need is, uh, uh, is one to four seed. You don't need to be number one seed. To be a, a top four seed, the home court advantage. But if he, if he takes off some wearing tail up the legs, these guys with the addition of all these guys we mentioned, you know, for the Melo and Westbrook, you know, and so listen, man, four quarters, of the wet, let, we're going to sit that six one out, man. We're going to play Kenyatta and Reem and Theo, man. Let, let them win the game for us, so to speak, you know. That the plays, man, of my health right now for those guys. I would I would argue that the Nets did just as much, if not better, than they did. You got Patty, you got Patty Mills coming over there when Kyrie Irving decides that he wants to go off the deep end. They picked up the kid Cam Thomas. They got the kid Dayron Sharp. They bought Brock Griffin. They got um, James Johnson. They got Javon Carter, Bembry. So they, they actually filled in for parts they needed. Like, these guys are all defenders that don't necessarily com- command the ball a lot. Cam Thomas can come in and knock down shots. He can get some in a sharp field. He, he rebounds. So it looks like they got rid of some of the guys that might have been, like, like questionable. And it's still what, you know, the Nets whole thing is if Joe Harris could hit anything, they would have beat Milwaukee. So I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. J.J. Riddick is still out there, and he's considering where he's going to go. And they said he got family in Brooklyn, so. Yeah, I know when he was playing with, with Philly, his family was based out of Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, they enjoyed living in Brooklyn, so. I, I, I like the uh, Patty Mills edition for sure. Um, I do not like them letting go of Jeff Green to Denver. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, there's two things I ask you, uh, Kenyatta. You know, first of all, who, who's playing? Who, who's playing center with their roster and with their rotation? You rely on a lot of the guys coming out of college, man. Who's yeah, playing against grown, playing against grown men that you're gonna, you're gonna really ask to contribute to Cameron Thomas and and the Dank and, and what's this uh, Sharp? Yeah, they got it. So you guys, I ain't say you asking a lot, you know what I'm saying, but. Uh, you guys are for a, a good portion guys to, 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 to play well about the season, man. Against grown men, against grown men. There's ain't some league for those guys, man. So, you know, I think that you need to add somebody else if they can. I'm not quite sure who's out there. Maybe a, a lower marketing kid from Chicago. He'd be good for them to play center. You could do a sign trade. That'd be very good just for those guys, you know. But they need more side, I think, and, and more experience right now. As of right now, I would say. And I think I had a lot yeah, they, they got a, a lot of marketing. That'd be good. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're better to get him because he he's asking for a lot of money. But I know mm. some of the better people they're looking at is like guy like Kenneth Reed and those type of guys. Even um even this guy came in for a tryout. Lance Stevenson came in. Mm. He came in for a tryout. So I would still say that they they should look at somebody a big man. So either that or get Steve Nash to recognize that um, DeAndre Jordan's still on the bench. Yeah. I, I mean, for the yeah. life of me, I still don't understand that. But yeah, I think he should be. I think Jordan should be playing in a good amount of minutes too. When he was playing, I thought he looked okay out there. Yeah. I mean, he, there's no reason why he can't play at least 24 minutes. He can play 24 minutes. They could bridge it out with the rest of those guys, but not playing at all. Right. I, he, I, I still think he has his explosiveness. He still looks, yeah. you know, healthy, mobile. I don't know what the problem is. Why he 
you know, yeah, just stop holding it. Confusing. I, I didn't get that. That whole thing was confusing why he didn't play. I mean, unless they unless he was hurt or something, I, I still don't understand why he never got a chance to play. Plus, the other thing is, um, is like Theo mentioned, who do you have running the spot? I could see if they still had Jared Allen, right? It made a little sense to, to sit Jordan when you had Allen, I would say. Yeah. Now you traded him away. You have Jordan there just riding the pine for guys. Claxton, I think, is okay. Is he better than Jordan? I I would rather have Jordan out there with Claxton maybe learning behind him or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like Blake Griffin playing center. No. KD playing, I guess, point four, playing small, I guess, stretch four. Yeah, I don't like that right now. I guess you gotta have Blake, Joe Harris, KD, the Beard, and, and Kyrie. I think to some degree, uh, like maybe against Milwaukee, you could get away with it because at one point Milwaukee was running Giannis at the center. So you can't have a conventional big out there trying to guard Giannis out on the perimeter. But outside of something like that, Jordan, I would have him out there playing a good amount of minutes. The only thing that scares me with both the Nets and Lakers is both of them almost seem like they kind of sort of built their rosters to meet each other in the finals and I think sometimes when you do that you're playing a dangerous game because you're you're building for one particular you know type of team and then you go against a completely different other team in the playoffs and you might run into some problems like for example if the Hawks come back relatively healthy and play as well as they did they could give the Nets some problems yeah because I don't know who guards Trey Young causes havoc you know I don't know who guards him on the Nets I think I think it'll be you know what the difference is with them playing Atlanta is is that all those guys that had all that freedom of movement in those other series they won't be able to do that against the Nets because you listen you have to guard these guys. Kyrie Irving is the best probably the best offensive guy with the ball in his hand in the game as far as creating his own shot and getting his own. Trey Trey Young is, he'll be he'll pick up two fouls in the first two minutes or something trying they'll have to put somebody else. It's just bad matchup for Atlanta. It's bad matchup for the Nets too, but when it comes down to who the referee gonna blow the whistle for, they gonna blow up for KD, Harden, and Kyrie. It's, it's like that—that's gonna help out a lot. They'll get a lot of calls, and the game will get slowed down. So that—that'll be interesting. Where they'll lose at is probably at the big, bigger spots or something. But even with that, they can make that up. Somebody, the Hawks, somebody the team. The Hawks are a good team. You know, they come at you in waves. They they got even deeper, I would say, in this draft because based on summer league, Sharif Cooper is looking legit. Jalen Johnson is looking like a problem. So the only thing is somebody's gotta go. Somebody's gotta go. I think Tom Reddit seems to be like one of those people who may be out. Well they just paid Henson hundred and twenty five million or something and Jalen Johnson's gonna oh, be like, yeah, Collins, yeah, they pay them, so Johnson is going to have to be his backup. And if they, they pay him, Hunter, they got... trade him, people should look out now because that's not a bad deal. It's not a max deal, so that's not a bad deal. Then you look at, um, again, is Gallinari still on the team? Yeah, they got Gallinari, they got DeAndre yeah, Hunter, Herder. Well, that's, got a team. that's the problem. You got Gallinari, Herder, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Bojan Bonovic, 
So you got six guys to play two positions. And then you got is he still there? Lou Williams? Yeah, he's still there. And then you got Lou Williams, Sharif Cooper, and um and Trey. So they got they can score a lot of points or something, but they I don't even know who they could trade for. They might want to look for some kind of veterans or some kind of defensive defensive players or something. Maybe give up somebody yeah. a defender or something like that. They, they have been trying to trade Cam Reddish for 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 a while now, but so far no takers. I think I think what it is is that people want Cam Reddish, they just don't want to pay the price. Like he, he, he's still on a rookie deal, so that's a little t- that's a little tough. Like I'm yeah. sure somebody can give you some stuff for Cam Reddish, just that you ain't gonna want the stuff. Like right now, I'm sure there's plenty of teams. If they right now, you can you can get them. You just gotta give them a lot. Right. Like another team that I'd look at along the lines of Atlanta, but that have, is going to have a lot of young talent. I don't know how many balls Golden State's going to have, or who they who who's going to play because you got Kaminga and Moody, you got Wiggins, you got um, Thompson coming back, you got Steph who's going to play almost every minute, you got the kid from Michigan that's still there. So right now I just was nine guys for three positions. And then you got Draymond Green and James Wiseman. That's it. So they got an interesting thing. You know Steph's not coming off the court. And then the other big uh, Looney is there. Looney's there. And if Klay Thompson's healthy, he's not coming off the court. So. You yeah, it's a good and bad problem to have. It's, I mean, just, you know, just talking about the NBA, there's a lot of people with that. But Theo called this. What's going to happen with Sacramento? So you got Darian Fox, you drafted Halliburton, you got Davion Mitchell killing everybody. Who's going to play that? Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to put Halliburton on the bench. The way it's Halliburton. Halliburton's starting. Halliburton's <laughs> starting, man. If I was them, if I was them, I would maybe look to trade Fox. And I think Fox is the better right now. He's the best out of all three of them, I would say. But he's on a crazy max contract. And how much more is he giving you based on his contract versus those other guys? I mean, you can get a you can get a lot for Fox. I was saying trade. I would have to if I was them. I talked to the Thunder. They wouldn't mind having Gilgis Alexander and Fox in the backcourt. Talk to them. Yeah, and they'll give up a bunch of those picks probably to make it happen, but they just drafted the kid Giddy too. To yeah, run the so point over that. I think a lot of these teams got a lot of unbalanced rosters. I think that's that's where the where it's gonna come in. Looking at it, I, I, I would think, say, I, Listen, the Warriors also got um Otto Porter too, by the way, the Warriors too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Another guy. Yeah. Well good thing Otto Porter played. Yeah, I think I think he might play in a small lineup where they move Draymond to center and put Porter at the floor. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good pickup. Yes, I agree. But you got you got a lot of guys out there that that that's going to be. I think I still think there's going to be a lot of trades and a lot of movements. A lot of these rosters are unbalanced. You look at um, you look at I, I like with the particular the brand Thank you. Um, who's the 
but other than Phyllis Rounds, but he's also the other than Phyllis Rounds, we've got um this guy back, I hope so. We started college pushing back. Pippen's back. Are you seeing some breakup, Theo, with Ken? Yes, yes. So tell him, um, uh, try again. You know, we 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 go give him a few minutes. Mitch Robinson. Yeah, Mitch Robinson. So you got those three. You got Is there anybody else that I'm missing in the left front court? No, you know, Taj Taj would be the third man out. He'd be the third option behind uh, Noel and Mitch. And you know, be honest, Noel may start over Mitch. To be honest, I got a vote too. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Noel had a, a hell of a season backing up Mitch and then filling in as the starter. Um, plus, I, I think, like, not to say Mitch needs the ball, but I think um, Noel is more of a, just, he's more than happy to get his blocks and rebounds. And I think now they kind of sort of added more offense with Kemba, Fournier. So I don't know if they necessarily need a guy, another guy out there in the starting lineup who who's trying to get the ball. Because Mitch is gonna want the ball. He's he's gotta be at like in a contract here now coming up. Right. But he's gonna wanna put up points. And I would say the best place for him to do that is on, on the second unit. Let him run the second unit with um Obi Toppin, who's looking great in the summer league. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, they, they got they got some players. They got I mean, right now you can tell who the guard rotation is gonna be. You got Kimba and Fournier and you got Rose and Rose Quickly, probably. Quickly. Rolls and quickly. So that's the four there. I mean, Grimes and Bride, I don't think they're going to touch the court much. But it would be nice to see them. I mean, who, right now, who's behind R.J. Barrett? Oh, I would say behind Barrett, at the, assuming they put, let's say, Barrett or Fournier, whoever they put at the small forward, Burks is probably behind one of them. Right. Yeah. He's probably a backup small forward. Burks, yeah, Burks behind Barrett. Whatever, and they okay. Rand, Randall. I don't know who's behind Randall. I would, say, I would say it should be topping. Yeah, it should I, be topping. Yeah, he's looking good in some league. That's one of the things I think that kind of threw topping off last year. Not just him, a lot of rookies. They had no summer league, hardly yeah. any training camp, and you wouldn't have expected it to affect topping, right? Because he was coming in with all these years of experience at the college level. Some guys they just take longer to come around in the pros. So now Toppin looks like a completely different player so far. If you go by the summer league, he's hitting that pull-up three. He's hitting mm -hmm. more three in general. Um, his post mm -hmm. and ball handling still needs some work, but he looks a lot more assertive, confident. And I think that's all he really needed, you know, his confidence. Right. And now he out there, he has guys looking for him. They're throwing him the lobs. That's what he does. Before the issue with Toppin was like he's playing a position usually Toppin where he's a role man he's not somebody you throw the ball to in the post and let him go to work you do pick and roll with him and now you had Mitch running that pick and roll right you had Noel running pick and roll so you're leaving Toppin out there doing what he couldn't really do anything the spacing was off 
Yeah. Now, that's one thing people mentioned before, and I thought it, it may have been a good idea, is why didn't Tibbs look to possibly go with um like a combo of Toppin and, uh, and Randall in the playoffs, right? Because they were right. struggling offensively. Defensively, Noel was, you know, he played great, but he was a liability on the offensive end. We needed offense against the Hawks. I, th- I think um, I think you're right when you when you look at that, and I think too. I think um, Tibbs has got to be a little more willing to pull the plug on Barrett at times too. Yeah, and yeah. Randall, I would say Randall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as he, he won the most improved player, right? So we know he improved, but there was times where it was like Randall, he's throwing this damn game out here. <laughs> Not, it's like Tibbs is just allowing him to do it. Yeah, he, he he rode those guys. I got it. Yeah, he rode Randall and Barry. But and which I mean, we watched against Atlanta where you, you know what? That's one of the times you could really see like Derrick Rose is the guy who was driving that team. Like we know who had the playoff experience, you know, and, and all that stuff. Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose, and they actually yes. put like, a yeah. an effort to stop Derrick Rose. They like to get Randall in them. They started trying to stop Derrick Rose. So. Yeah, it looked like they pretty much against Randall. They went old school. It looked like and played boxing one on them. Yeah, they played a boxing one on them. And during the season, made a living off of you know long contested twos and stuff like that. And that's not going to work in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But now, in theory, a bunch of those problems should be solved. Assuming a big assumption, right, that Kimball Walker is healthy. Right. He's healthy. You can't do that anymore. Fournier can also create shots for himself. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Tibbs will let them pick up the tempo a little bit to get downhill because I think that'll help them out too. To, just to instead of getting like a bunch of hard baskets where you're coming down and every time you're setting up and you're running through the full time of the shot clock, you, you work it way too much. Like pick up some easy baskets. That's where I think guys like Quigley come and stuff like cause a lot of times when Quigley came and I like seeing it because. He wasn't using 20 seconds out of the shot clock. You know, he came in, yeah. if he seen he had something, he would just go. And they, they kind of need that. So you get a couple of easy easy baskets here and there. But I will tell you this, I think, I think the Knicks are really, really wish to really improve. I look at what they did, and I, I do think, I'm, I would still say, you know, you got to put Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly. And with, with Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I would say you got to put the Hawks. I, I, I would still say that the Knicks. I, I like me personally. I like the Knicks more than Miami. I think. I think to me, I think the Kyle Lowry signing is way overrated. I mean, it's good, you know, get a guy to get you 16 points that plays. He's not the same defender he was. He can knock down threes and stuff like that. But I mean, if you look at it, you you got a guy in there that you pay for what, 100 million dollars to or something to get you 15, 16 points and play a little bit better defense. His defense is nowhere near as good as like Drew Holiday was. I don't know how much more, he, I mean, other than playoff experience, but how much more could he give you if you gave Kendrick Nunn that same opportunity? I think so, Lowry, I think Lowry can, on that team especially, I think he get he could get you 20. Because Jimmy Butler's out there seems like trying to be the ultimate role player. And they just gave him a hell of a contract, right? So my, right. Yeah. But I think Jimmy Butler, a lot of times, I want to see him be more aggressive offensively. So he's looking to take a back seat for whatever reason offensively. I think 
playoff time, Bam out of bio, that whole small ball thing they were doing with him got exposed a little bit. Um, and he's not a huge scorer, Bam out of bio. He still needs people to create for him. So I think there's room for Lowry to get his 20 points or so. Um, and he, we know he's going to play decent defense. He's going to be out there flopping, taking charges, if they still call that, right? Because a lot of supposedly rule changes are happening this year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're still calling those flops and stuff, he'll be okay defensively. But, yeah, Miami, to me, they're one of those teams I don't – they brought in Duncan Robinson. They brought him back, I should say, right? Yeah. But I don't see how they improved. I, I, I can give you two teams – that court two teams, one team definitely cool. The Bulls are definitely a better team than they were last year. That's that's undoubted. Yeah, they should be playoff down, I would say, the Bulls yeah. this year. And I think quietly a lot of people don't realize how much how much better the Charlotte Hornets got. The Charlotte Hornets, remember, they 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 lost the game, everybody's like, oh, they lost in the playoffs, they looked bad. That's without Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward didn't play at all. And before Gordon Hayward got hurt, they was in the thick of the playoffs. Yeah, they they end up losing in that play-in tournament thing, yeah. whatever it was, right? But yeah, if Gordon Hayward was there, I think that outcome would have been different. Plus, they yeah, went out and drafted both Book Knight, Kai Jones, brought in different people. They actually, they actually have better people on on the roster now. They got rid yeah. of Ben Wood. I think they'll be exciting, for sh- you know, for sure. Do you think in summer league so far, Book Night has been a little up and down, but that's to be expected from from these guys, right? Right. And I think it'll be fine. You think Shaw is better than Washington? Yep. Yeah, Washington, I think. I don't don't, don't know. Well, let me tell you why. Washington, the difference between Charlotte and Washington is the respect that players have for each other. Young dudes get together and they want to run the young dudes and they're going to play with them. Old dudes get together and say that they're better than the other dude that's there. So Kuzma's going to be out there trying to prove something. Montrez Harrell's going to be out there trying to prove something. Everybody's going to be trying to prove something. Hachimura's still trying to... They got a bunch of guys that playing for contracts trying to prove something because they didn't look good before. Kuzma's contract was the worst the worst signed deal in a long time. Whereas these guys just want to run up and down with LaMelo Ball. They want to catch hoops. They want to run around. They want to play. So it's harder to get better because, first of all, to respect the coach and to respect each other than it is to get a young dude in the park to realize, yo, this dude standing right next to me is for real. So I'm going to run up and down with him. I don't think anybody's going to question LaMelo, question, you know, Roger or Gordon Hayward or any of those guys about where they stand on the team. Whereas besides Bill, everybody else on that team probably thinks they're the number two guy. Plus, the only thing, another thing with uh, Washington is is the Bill situation still like a dark cloud over him. Because even though he, he quote unquote, still committed, he didn't ask to be traded, there's still no telling what he's going to do. You know, I don't think he's completely happy. That's, let's put it that way. I know he supposedly had a lot to do with bringing Dinwiddie in, right? They were cool or whatever the case may be. But I don't think that's enough to necessarily keep him around if it starts falling apart. I will say this though, I do think the players will respect Dinwiddie too. I think they'll respect Bill and Dinwiddie. The rest of those guys, I think they got, they got stuff to prove and stuff. And some of the guys that probably should, it depends to me, you know what I feel? To answer that, it depends on the coach. If the coach comes out and establishes people's roles and they, they play the roles they're supposed to, they should be good. 
But the minute one of those guys steps out of line, like right now, you got Dinwiddie and Bill. Who's the third scorer? Is it Hakimura? Is it Kuzma? Are you throwing the ball into Montrezl Harrell? Is it Thomas Bryant? Is it the tall dude that can shoot from the Spurs? That I don't know why he doesn't get to play. He's not getting work times or yeah, he doesn't get to play nearly as much as he should. He got a huge contract. Too. Yeah, so the coach has to come and establish the roles, and if he gets those guys to buy in, it, it'll be, be a really good year for them. But and it will. The, on the flip side, if he doesn't get those guys to buy in, that build thing is going to be easily done. They're going to be moving on. So, right. I will say this is probably the best version of the Wizards we've seen in a while. I like this version of them because they're they're a more balanced team than like the Bradley Bill Wessel uh, Westbrook combo. For a while, yeah. I thought the Wall and Bill combo was good, but once Wall, you know, got hurt a couple of times, that kind of went went down. So I think this is the best version of the Wizards we've seen in a while. You know what's so Yeah, that's a good point there. I like that team. The Wizards. Yeah. What happened to Indiana? Like, I don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> they drafted Duarte, who I who I think is solid. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what they're... <laughs> who are they building around? Are they building around the big man? I don't know who their cornerstone is. Some guy because the new coach said that he didn't want to get rid of Turner. He wants to keep Turner. Yeah, the coach messed it up, man. The coach, whatever he done, I guess uh, it kind of rubbed it to the players the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but, they, but they got Miles Turner. They got Brogdon. Is the Levert over there? Yeah. They got Levert. And then you got some bonus. Yeah, You got some bonus too. That's those four good players. Like, they, them guys should not be struggling to. You know, win games or make the playoffs the way on, on paper anyway, for my eyes personally. So, TJ Warren's back. TJ Warren, when he's healthy, he can fill buckets up. Yeah, right, exactly. So they got they got good players, yeah. which I, I guess you may make the playoffs at least. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 funny. I think a lot of these teams with these new coaches, we're gonna find out a lot about them early on. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna come down to how to get these players to play together. Right. I do think this is, I don't think it's, I think the way I'm looking at the way these coaches seem like it's going to be, unfortunately, for Sam, it's not going to be none of those more long-term things where they're not going to let a coach get four years without winning no more. If you're out there one or two years and it don't look like it's doing too well, you're going to be out. They're just going to let you sit there. Like, coaches not getting those six-year, seven-year deals, whatever, they're giving out three to five year deals top or something and those last years are like voidable and options and all types of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And it, it makes sense too. Listen, you know, the one of the great things about the Knicks that was Tibbs actually established people's role. So you don't go up there and do whatever you want to do. There's no confusion. This is what you that's what I expect to do. And if you don't drive, put it down. That comes out a lot. I mean, some coaches don't have like the, the cash day of pedigree to have to do that. But you get out there, you got a coach that can't do that. He's just, just basically letting you do the side of the own. You guys are playing AAU basketball. Mm-hmm. Another good thing about the Knicks, with the exception of Randall, I think all of those contracts that they signed from, from last year from all are team options. Hurts, Noel, Rose, all of those contracts, the third year, and the really team option. So they, they set themselves up to have a cap space again if needed. 
Yeah, I, I like I like to see the team too out there in the uh getting uh Scott and uh some of the team too as well, man. So it's good. So you get to feel how you guys play personally still instead of on the film. You know, so he's only scouting for his own team, man. So uh, I like to see our two team tips. Yeah, another thing uh, I know King Adam was saying earlier, don't be surprised if um if you do see McBride getting some minutes because that guy is a defensive beast out there. Yeah, he causes uh, he causes havoc. Grimes is good too. Grimes been a bit up and down, but if you see the last summer league game when Cookley was out, you had Grimes drop twenty eight. I think McBride had twenty two or twenty three. Yeah. And McBride, he's mostly known for his defense. You know, Tibbs loves loves defense. Kemba's not really a defensive, you know, guard. He's gonna score. Same thing with Rose. Rose is gonna score. And when they need defense, I wouldn't be surprised to see McBride out there on a Trey Young or whatever the case may be. The tough part about McBride that. McBride can shoot too, man. He can yeah, score. he's tough. He can shoot. He's tough. I, I think that I think the McBride pick may actually hurt quickly. <laughs> mm. He might be the odd man out there because he's got to think about it. You got Rose and Kimber to score. Quickly can't score like those guys. If you want to get our guy out there and defend, like you said, McBride might be the best old ball defender they have. If I'm not, and Grimes is good defensively too. If I'm, yeah. if I'm those guys, the Knicks, then when I, all I'm doing is letting those guys, uh, Quickly, Grimes, McBride, I'm just letting them learn from Rose and, and Quickly, uh, from Rose and uh, Kemba. There's yeah. no, no need to let's say oh i gotta trade them or i gotta just sit there and let them learn they're all young yeah and they, it's not like they're gonna be expected to do a lot early on anyway it's not like they're gonna yeah. expect to get out there and carry the team i mean yeah, exactly this year right here i mean other than in, in certain situations they're probably not gonna play much at all yeah exactly which is which is good, you know. Let them sit there, learn. Like you said, situational. They'll get in. McBride, when you need some defense, whatever the case may be, or somebody goes down with injury, right? Because durability is a factor with Rose and Kemba. So now, unfortunately, one of them gets hurt, then that bumps everybody else up a slot. So now yeah. one of them gets hurt. You know, Kemba goes down, Rose may slide into the, the start and roll, and that quickly is the backup with McBride, whatever, right? Sliding up the spot. So that's a, a thing to look out for, but having those guys sit there and learn, I think is a good thing from Kemba plus, and Rose. Plus two, Fournier's not no dominant defender either, so I can see Grimes two, and the yeah. minutes from him too, so. Yeah, that's true too. They got, there's minutes to be high, especially when they need defensive stops and stuff. And realistically, I mean, Burks, Burks will probably be backing up Barrett. So realistically, unless they're going to play um, Rose, Rose and Quigley together or something, there might which be, is, a, you know, might be a need for minutes at the two. Which is what they did. They did a lot of that last year. Rose and Quigley was was their main backcourt off the bench. Yeah. But to Tim's credit, I mean, he's got a little better with the rookies. He's going to play whoever he sees doing well. So I hope these guys know and practice and everything else. If, if I was, to me, if I was Grimes or, or, or um, McBride, I'd be playing um, Barrett and all these guys just as hard as I'm playing these guys in the summer league because Tim's has no problem with putting them in over me. <laughs> yeah. 
Plus, uh, both of those guys, especially McBride, supposedly was a Tibbs pick. Oh, he drafted yeah, McBride you. because he Tibbs liked them personally, supposedly. No. And I think uh, I think they said Grimes might have been a like the main guy behind the, the Grimes draft. I think they said it was World Wide West. Yeah. So they got good people that want them, and and that's that's the tough part when you. If a coach particularly wants a player, then he's going to give him every opportunity. Yeah, he's going to give him opportunities. Yeah. It's not, it's not like he's just going to be out there and don't. If he goes out there and locks these guys up, then they're they not going to play. So who in the summer league to you so far has stood out? Um, well, I, 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 obviously, you know, Cade is playing well. Um, Jalen Green, Kaminga. I mean, I will say there's a lot of the top picks this year are, are playing well. I mean, some of them are, like, doing, like, you know, extra shooting. But I will say this, that I think the Summer League is helping them. And I, I think, I don't know whether the coaches are telling them or they're just all naturally aggressive. Because they're playing, they're just continuing on like this group of college. Or how, or whatever. Like, they didn't, uh, none Bond of those guys from the Raptors. What happened? What about Barnes from the Raptors? What do you think of him so far? I think he's, he looks okay. I think he looks okay. I think the, the one problem with him is that his style of play is going to be tough in the NBA. Because you can play bully ball in college. You can't play bully ball with grown men or something. Yeah, that's not going to work out. <laughs> no. yeah. At least not yet. I don't think he's strong. Yeah, not yet. Because I, I think it was the Raptors against Golden State. And he wasn't able to play bully ball with Kaminga. And Kaminga's, yeah, he's another guy who mostly likes to play bully play ball. Bully but I think ball. he has the body a little more um, yeah. than, than Barnes to do it. Barnes is taller, but I think Kaminga might be stronger. Yeah. The only thing with Kaminga is I think he, which I'm sure he's well aware of, and coming into the draft, everybody, you know, I think he has to work on that jump shot a little more. Yeah. And his, uh, I think his ball handling... Right now, he's almost like a pure slasher, I would say. I think Suggs looked pretty good, too, up until yeah, yeah. You know, he got hurt, right? I think they end up shutting him down. Same thing, Green, they end up shutting him down, too. Was Green shut down? I know Suggs was officially shut down. I don't know if Green was. I know he missed most of the last game with that groin, tight groin or something like that, or hamstring. And I don't know if they officially shut him down, but I think it's only, like, one game left anyway, right? Yeah. I will say some of these guys, I like I like Book Knight, I like Ty Jones. Um, you know, Book Knight, uh, was it Davion Mitchell gave Book Knight fits? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you watched that game. Yeah, yeah. What he said uh, at the end of the game when they asked him about his defense on Book Knight, he said he just tried to just don't give him any space. Because if you give Book yeah. Knight space, he's going to, you know, he's shifty, he's crafty. Yeah. You crowd him up, which I don't know if he's going to be able to get away with that in the actual games because he's going to be getting foul calls on him left and right trying to do that. But yeah. all he did was crowd Book Knight and, and yeah. try to be physical with him. He's physical, don't give him any space. He can get room to move. Yeah, he can fix. I mean, well, I would say this. I think Davion Mitchell, he's probably one of the better defenders I've seen, too. He is, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely one of the better defenders. I mean, some of these other guys, I think that people people knew and they really didn't give credit to. Like, I think Josh Christopher is a lot better than what people thought. Yeah. I, I like Zaire Williams from Memphis too. 
I think they're saying uh, they kind of the maybe making Wall expendable. I don't think they necessarily wanted uh, John Wall anyway, given the contract yeah. and his timeline with the rest of the team. Yeah. But I think they're saying Christopher, the way he's playing, may accelerate um, Wall's exit. Because he's kind of playing that point point guard role in the summer league. He's big too. He's not like a he's, he's not a small guard. He's a guard, but I think he's like he's somewhere between six four and six six and over two hundred pounds. So he's not a little guy. So I don't think it'll be that hard for him to be like a guard in the NBA because he's got but well, he's probably just as big, if not bigger, than most guards in the league right now. So yeah, now you have you have Christopher, you got Porter Porter Jr. Right, you got Green obviously, and then you got the big Christian Woods. That's not a yeah. bad a bad four, you know, to build around young. young they got team. another dude. They got another young dude, some foreign dude that was killing. Killing, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't remember his name, but he was he was a high pick, right? He was first yeah, rounder, that was. guy. Yeah, he was killing out there. Yeah, like, he was. Yeah, and they you figure they still got um Kenyon Martin Jr. who looked pretty good out there. Yeah. They got the other kid. I'm surprised he's not out there. Sean Tate. I'm surprised he didn't play. Mm. Yeah, I, I like him, Tate. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a physical, physical guy, you know, strong. I don't know how much it's gonna translate the wins, but they should play hard defense and they should be able to run up and down score some points. They'll they they should be better than last year. I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I wonder what they do now. What do you do with John Wall? Like, if you can't trade him, let's say. Because that contract is going to be hard to trade. You're going to have to give OKC four picks to take John Wall. They'll take him. You're going to have to give him a ton of picks. The problem with John Wall is the John Wall situation is different than Kimba because Kimba could find teams to offset his money. Because I was looking at what happened. Kimba took a buyout where he took, he took $20 million off and then he went to the Knicks and got 18 of that back, basically. Right. So he didn't really lose any money, whereas John Wall, he's going to have to get all his money because nobody's going to give him remotely close to that. Mm. John Wall, if John Wall gets, gets, gets bought out, he'll be on the Lakers or Nets because he's going to be on a league minimum deal. And the guy has the talent, he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, John gotta, Wall has all the talent in the world. You got to figure, where could he go? So they bought him out. Only team that's gonna want him is a team that think they can use him to win the championship. Right. And what team? What team is that? Maybe Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, the Mavericks. You know, they yeah. might give him a shot. Yeah. They may give him a shot for cheap. I, I, I want to add a team that that's similar to the um, Rockets as far as like young young talent they can build around, and that's how Detroit Pistons, man. Yeah. I, li- I like I like Cade. I like the kid. I like the big white kid from um, Iowa. His name right, Garza. Um, last year that Sadiq Bay, and look at that too from the draft last year that name. Um, um, Hawks, Horns, Hayes, the yeah. guard. You know, and also to yeah, right, and also to my boy playing with my boy from Georgetown, uh, Jamal Pickett playing real good right now in summer league. So uh, you know, he's getting he's making the best of the opportunity right now. So I think Detroit is similar to as far as Rockets. They got pieces in place, just build around, drive smart, man. You know, those guys in the fire, man. Don't worry about it. The good thing too is Grant's not that old either. Grant's like 25, so he's not far removed. So. It's one of those things where they, they can all grow together. The expectations right. are right there right now. So that's good. Right. 
tonight. Yeah. And I want, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to add one more. We got to talk about some of these plays. I want to add about we got to think about Leandro Ball, man. I think he looks fantastic. Uh, I, he, he looks he looks in shape. There's a roster spot. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, so. exactly on point. He, he, yeah. he looks in shape. You can tell you see his body fat is very trimmed down. He's, he's toned up. Whoa, he can move around. Yeah. I, and I, he can I, shoot. To tell you the truth, I mean, I really think that if he doesn't make it there, somebody will give him a shot. Yeah, he's playing well. He's made the, the most of his opportunity. And the crazy thing is he started out with a bang and from there it seemed like the coach is like hell bent on like lowering his minutes or something. Yeah. He's still mm-hmm. but for some reason he's not he's not getting as many minutes. Yeah, I understand that. I was talking to, I was talking to um, my son today about that. The only time that makes sense to me is this case. So if the Knicks today should decided that they're not playing Grimes and McBride anymore, I would understand. You know what? They're guaranteed to be on the team. Those roster spots are filled. So those, those the guys they should be watching is the guys that they need to fill in additional roster spots to see what they can do. Like, Obi doesn't need to play. Quigley doesn't need to play. They're going to be on the team. Same thing when you, when you look at it. like um, Yeah, I'd be pissed if I'm Jericho Sims, right? And this yeah. guy is playing me eight minutes. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm producing, and this guy is limiting my minutes as I'm trying to make the team. Exactly. Lindo's not on the team. Some of those guys, like, I Jones don't have to worry about it. You got a guaranteed deal. Him, Vernon Carey, Book Knight, all those mm-hmm. dudes, they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to come out here and do what I do. If they don't like me, guess what? I'm still getting four years for whatever amount of money. So for a guy like Leangelo, it's kind of funny that they jerking him around on the minutes. Well, but they got to be real leery of that. Yeah, he's playing wild. Yeah, I think the craziest thing that's happening now is that Teams gotta be real leery when they do stuff like that because that'll start. Well, even though Lamelo seems like he's his own guy as opposed to his brothers, that'll factor in. Like, look what the Bucks just did. The Bucks just gave a permanent roster spot to Giannis for like four million dollars. Don't get me wrong, it's not the money, but that they had not got a better kid from the summer league to fill that roster spot. That spot was just purely to make his brother happy. Yeah. So. You can't make Greek happy some kind of way. You better, you better, you better sign his brother or nephew or uncle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. they, they should be thinking like, listen, if we put Liliangelo on the team, you know, maybe this will help us out in the long run to keep it his brother. Yeah, I might have brought in Giannis's other brother, so he re up mm-hmm. more. Yeah, bring him in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think yeah. about it. The fourteenth and fifteenth man they ain't gonna play anyway. They're gonna sit behind the fence in street clothes. But Ball, Ball's playing good, though. He deserves the roster spot on our Hornet team, man. He does. When you look at the Hornet thing, if you look at the roster, I mean, we could name some of the people, but can we name... I can't name 15 guys on the team, which means those other guys ain't really worth much. Like, I know mm-hmm. they got one of those... The, the Martin kid from Nevada. Yeah, they got rid of one of them, right? They got rid of one of them yeah, already. One got cut. Yeah, so you figure, you know, between Lamelo and Rozier... Um, I can't even name another guard on the roster besides Book Knight, so that's three. You got Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges. You got Kai Jones and what's your name? Other kids Plumlee, right? What? Plumlee's over there, right? Plumlee's there. Um, you got you got the kid. The other kid they drafted, JT JT Thor. Yeah. 
And think about it. And um, Vernon Carey from Duke. We only mm-hmm. named. Oh my God! Uh, you mentioned Rosier. Yeah, we only mm-hmm. named nine players, and they got a 15-man roster. We don't even know who the other six guys are. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah potential. Yep. Yeah, he deserves a spot. I would say. I would give him a shot. The, the one thing you you bring up a good point, Kenyatta, about like I was watching some of the recent moves in the league, and I think um it's unfortunate the way the league goes about it. Like these different teams. I'll give an example. Cassius Stanley, right, was recently released, and I think for a guy like him, it's terrible to release somebody. Like, you're releasing these guys. First, you hold them as restricted free agents, right? Wait till all the money Yeah, you wait till all the money and all the roster spots just about to dry it up, and then you release them. I think think the league needs to look at that and do something about it if they can. I think they need to, like, these teams, like, the players don't have that ability, right? No. Well, the teams, you know, that's, that's terrible. So now Stanley's out here without a job, and most of the spots are filled. And, the crazy, and it's not crazy. just him. It's a bunch of other guys who, you know, had their, they were restricted free agents, and now the team decides, you know what, I'm going to renounce your rights. Now you're unrestricted, but there's hardly any spots. But what's even crazier is that you do it on, like, the day before summer league ends, because some of these dudes would have scrambled and got on another roster. But in Yeah, exactly. Somebody, now they can't even showcase somebody themselves. on Friday, you can't even get on another roster. You like, I'm Friday. sure if they would have did it early, Stanley would have probably got a spot or would have been on a summer league roster so that he could yeah. at least showcase himself. Mm-hmm. Now you right. do it, he can't showcase himself. Most of the spots around the league are filled up. That's like setting a guy up for failure, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. we, we, got, Makes sense. Around, we got two key players on Charlotte we should have remembered. P.J. Washington and Kelly Oubre Jr. Now. So they definitely yeah. got better. They... The only thing, yeah, they did. The only thing is a lot of those guys play the same exact position. Yeah, that's, that's small that's forward, crazy. you know. That's what's crazy about the league. It's almost like playing fantasy sports with everybody <laughs> to block people for others. Well, you know what? I'm going to sign Kelly Oubre so you don't get him. Right. And the right. crazy thing is, like, with a guy like him hitting free agency, I thought he was going to be, a like, a bigger target for some teams. And what do you end up getting, like, a two-year deal for, like, it was relatively cheap, $16 million, $20 million, something yeah. like that? Yeah, he took, you know what he did? I mean, I, I give him credit for it, but it's not going to be, it's not that good in, like, circles. He did, he basically did what, um, what the, what the, um, the Morris brother did to the Spurs with the Knicks. He basically told people that he's gonna take whatever, wherever he gets the highest amount of money, is where he's going. And he, yeah, the crazy he thing. A lot of thought, he didn't care about winning. He wanted the most dollars. And I would have thought he would have even commanded more money than that too. I think Uber is a pretty good player. You, he's you still young. But here's the thing, though. He can't. He's not the greatest. I like him. He's not the greatest shooter. And when you look at it, you look at these kids that got drafted now. You can you can find athletes. Like there's a lot of dudes in the summer league that can jump. Like they got a dude on the Cavaliers, um LJ Stevens or something. Oh well, yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, he, 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 he can play. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he can play. play. Yeah, he's tough. He could he could get minutes in somebody's roster, but he's on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So when you look at these dudes, you got dudes that running and jumping all over the place. I've seen some dudes 
And one of these summer league games jumped from down there to foul line or something. Dunk it on somebody. Who would have thought that Gary Payton Jr., Gary Payton II, could jump that high to do that? Mm, I saw that too. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> so, like. So if you look at Kelly Hooper Jr., besides being an athlete, right? Can he do much else? Like, he's not a lockdown defender. I think he's, he's a decent a defender. He's a decent defender. He got NBA experience. So, for him to be able to get the money now is crazy. You, you, check it out. Alec Burks is better than Kelly Oubre Jr. in this NBA. Because Alec Burks has a tangible skill that the league uses. As long as he can shoot that basketball, he's going to make money. Yeah, he's a better shooter and playmaker, I would say. Uber is probably a better athlete and defender. Well, you got to mm-hmm. think of it this way. Stars don't need athletes next to them. They need shooters. LeBron James don't need a dude trying to jump higher than he is. He needs somebody to go stand in the corner. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's hard to argue that. The Lakers couldn't even consider a guy like Uber. He couldn't do anything for him. It was nothing that yeah, one of the rocks to do. The skills that overlap with the other stars for the most part. Yeah. So he, he couldn't even go right? on the winning team. The Nets couldn't use him. He don't play defense. He don't shoot. So it's one of those things where, hell, even the Bucks, the Bucks couldn't use him. Like he, it's sad to say he's got to be on an upcoming team or a losing team. Crazy thing is, because they ain't got nothing. <laughs> they said Damian Lillard trying to tried to recruit him. And he. He turned it down. He didn't want to get a point. Wanted the money. They didn't have enough money. They tried to offer like the mid, the, the small mid-level exception or something. Are there any losers? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's a part of it too. Uh, yeah. You guys, are you guys, are, are there any losers in uh, free agency uh, um, signing period, so to speak? Uh, let's see. I think, I mean, there's some teams that didn't do anything. Like, what did Dallas do? They didn't even right. have drop picks. Yeah, yeah they, they, I don't even they know. They brought Tim Hardaway back. I guess they had to do that. Yeah, they didn't have they no drop Yeah, new movement. Yeah, I, I can't think of. They, they got Bullock. That's about it. Yeah, they got Bullock and they picked up um, the tall dude that likes the paint now as options. Dude from um, Yeah, I forgot his name too. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, the name is Kitchen right now. But yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. They didn't really do much. No. Yeah, Dallas didn't do anything. How about Damon Lillard's team? Like, yeah, I was like, Paul, what did they do? You, know, you I got Portland. I had the last yeah. summer league team. They couldn't even get young players. They had like more old dudes on the roster. Yeah, Beasley, right? Uh, yeah, you got Beasley. You got Fareed. He's back in the league. Those two guys back in the league. And you got uh, Norman Powell. Those guys, enough. those guys are going to make the team. Think about it. What are they of course. Gonna yeah, they're going to make the team. Yeah, they are. I believe that. I really yeah, do. There's nobody else on the roster. Yeah, I think Zach Collins, he, who was always injured, he's finally out of there, right? Yeah, yeah, he's out of there. There's not somebody else replacing, though. But there's not much. Picking up Collins though, because they got him for cheap. They got Zach Collins for two years for twelve million, and only one year is guaranteed. Mm. It took That's the fly mm. on him. He, he's yeah, somewhat because right. he was talented. He just can't stay on the court. Right. 
they wouldn't take marketing because marketing's agent said he wanted some, some craziness like 20 plus million for five years. He wanted to see. Like, nah, nah, nah he's still, yeah, he, yeah, he has to prove, uh, prove his worth. Yeah. Chicago is kind of jerking him around a bit. Um, in terms of his minutes and stuff like that, but I don't think marketing is there yet to command that type of money. Agree. I think, you know what I think it is too, and with marketing, like when they, for one thing, they heard him when they went to like a, a tougher team, like Wooyatinks and them are actually fairly tough dudes. Like they rebound, they get rugged, they bang. Marketing's not trying to do none of that stuff. And all finesse. That, like, yeah, he's a finesse player. And I don't think the new coach, yeah, that new coach, that's the coach the coach that grabbed Zach Levine. So, yeah, you ain't Plus, Patrick Williams they drafted yeah. last year? Yeah. Right. Oh, he's, he kind of took that spot, right, from marking and I was yeah. saying. Yeah. And you, you know what? You could say that uh, when, uh, I saw an article or a quote from LeBron. LeBron gave a big, a big, uh, big ups to him, saying that he reminded him of Kawhi defensively, man. Yeah, so I think we kind of grabbed marking and spotted that power forward. Yeah, yeah you got, man. You got DeRozan, Levine, and Paul, right? So yeah, you got Caruso. Are you over there too, Caruso? Caruso, yeah, got playing guard for North Carolina. White is Paul's backup. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he's been playing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they got. It'll be a problem. Yeah, they they got tough players, but teams like like you said, Dallas, Portland, but I mean. Somebody Clippers. Did, the Clippers, yeah. What did they, what did Boston do? They got Dan Schroeder. He took the biggest ally out of anybody. Yeah. Somebody else was going to take them. You know, one of those guys too. Um, this guy, right? His was comparable. Uh, Oladipo, right? Because then he had yeah. to at one point to to like re up with. Houston. Uh, Houston wanted him at first to re up, right? And then once he Houston. got to Miami. He's right. You try to get him to sign off, and then he gets hurt again, right? Mm-hmm. He's never gonna get that money because I would tell you what I would do if I was a GM with him. They signed him to some veteran minimum. The next year he comes back, I'm gonna say my deal would be like, listen, I can't give you no more than the mid-level exception because we still don't know how you're gonna be with the injury. In the next year, you're gonna have to be great because if you're not great, mm-hmm. I'm probably not gonna even sign you back. Because yeah. listen, it gave you the veteran year. Now we gave you the get better year. This next year, you better be great, or you ain't gonna be on this roster. Right. You're gonna be floating out there. Your next bill is gonna be mid-level exception to veteran minimum. Like yeah. yeah. I gotta give them credit. They're getting smarter. So what they're doing is they top loading the guys that play. Listen, the first six guys, maybe I give out five max contracts and two guys, six, seven guys. They getting money. The rest of you dudes. You get nothing. Right. That's why I got to give this dude credit. It was a big loss for the Nets to lose Jeff Green, but he had to get paid. <laughs> he paid something, man. He paid, he paid good for those guys, man. They was offered him, like, some, what's that, the mini mid-level exception for $3 million? I think the Giants gave him, like, $8 million or something. Yeah, he got 8 9 in Denver. He's him in Denver for $9 million. Yeah, $9 million. So mm-hmm. you got to take that. You, you got to take that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I asked KD about it. KD was like, I'm glad he got his money. He had to do it. KD is his boy, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay, C days. How, how, how you guys feel about the, um, the Pelicans, man? I, I mean, 
I don't know. Know. Those teams where I'm like, what did they do? And now they balls out, right? What the, what the like, what the? I, I, I don't think they set the new coach up in a good way. Just I ain't out of there in two years. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like right now, I mean, Levante Graham, they must got him there because they figured he could split time with the Kevin Lewis kid. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, this dude, they drive to Trey Murphy. I watched it. Did he look that great to you in the summer league? He looked all right. Yeah, he had some games where I was impressed with him. But uh, yeah. a bunch of these guys have games where you're impressed with him. You know? But yeah. yeah, he looked okay, I would say. I mean, realistically, you know what they're going to have to do to get Zion to come? They're going to have to do one or two things. He's either going to have to get all day Barrett or get Cam Reddish or both of them. Or he's going to be playing for the Knicks. Yeah, I think Theo is right. He's going to be out of there in two years unless yeah. they get. I hate to, like I hate to say it to him. As much as he, him and his family loves it there, Julius Randle's bags would be packed. Because if they could yeah. Julius Randle to get Zion, he'd be packing today. That's facts. <laughs> yeah, That's facts. Yeah, yeah Randle <laughs> should already be used to it, right? He was already over there. Remember, he's yeah, yeah, he was already over there. Oh, uh, Randall's gonna play center. He'd be a dream off play center. Right, Randall. <laughs> Randall was already on New Orleans, right? Yeah. Right. So he should you know, already be used to that environment. Mm-hmm. You think Randall's gonna be able to adjust to what's going on this year? Because you gotta remember, Kimba shoots, Pony shoots, Barrett wants to shoot, and he and, and we know we know Randall. He don't know this. This hand is always working. So, right. To me, how's he handle with all these other guys going to score now? Because he ain't gonna really be the primary option every time down the court no more. Which is, like you say, he's gonna have to adjust to it because um, Obi Toppin is waiting based on the summer league performance, and Obi Toppin's style of play fits better with those other guys than Randall's does, I think. Because Randall's another ball handle, like you just said. Now you added Kimball, who's ball dominant. Fournier is not really ball dominant, but he likes that ball in his hands to create. And he can shoot, you know, he, yeah. he, he can catch and shoot. But Randall, we don't need him pounding the ball in that point forward type of role anymore. No. So yeah, he's he's still, I, I, I would still have him as my number one option. Yeah, but he's, he's gonna have to option. adjust his game a little bit. Yeah, it should um, be easier. I think, well, Randall has gotten better every year since he came in the league. Yeah, he puts in work. Yeah, that's one thing I give him. Randall yeah, puts he, in work. He puts in work. He's gotten better every year in the league. He, he has to adjust to, uh, to, I guess, the, the team's situation, how the team is set up. Um, remember, you know, a few years before he joined the Knicks, he was going crazy, like kind of a nut, until his son. Remember, he asked about his son? Folks to something, boy, his son said something effective, like, yo, you're a nut or you shoot too much. <laughs> and what do you do? So the next season, which is last year, he changed his game. Yeah. Better man, better man, the team. Even better man, the coaching too, as well. You know, yeah. so on. And, and, and I think, um, you know, those guys, I, I guess he, he could humble himself and learn from the Atlanta Hawks series yeah. and how to, uh, you know, help the team without scoring, how to affect the game without scoring. You know, because he did man double team. The cake got, the cake got real good. So, um, I'm gonna give him back for the data so that he'll continue to uh, adjust his game, improve his game, and, and, and work on being a better uh, a player and a better teammate and do his best for the team. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the Knicks did a I think the Knicks did a good job again with another thing because I think 
the Knicks signing him and giving him the money before they bought these other guys in was a good idea. Yes, the extension. Wait, yeah, yeah, if you made him wait and not give him the money, he'd press. Yeah. Because now you think you got these new guys in, I'm probably not going to get the money. Mm-hmm. But by paying him in advance, that was a good deal. That, that was smart to do. Plus, yeah, it was, it was good on both. It was good on both fronts. Like, I'm, as a Knicks fan, I'm kind of tired of waiting to see who else is coming next, you know? So to see the team finally commit to somebody randomly gave him a four-year deal, right, a four-year extension. So now, on paper at least, he's locked in for the next five years, which is good. I think we're always waiting for the next big thing. Like you said, mm-hmm. during those five years, if, if Zion came knocking, then you got to do what you have to do from there. Somebody like yeah. that, people start right. playing, and yeah, sure. But other than that, yeah, committing to a guy like Randall isn't a bad thing. And I think star players want to see that, too. I think that was hurting the Knicks in the past, too, is that they were always re- they were in rebuild mode every other year, you know? So finally, it seems like this front office is doing things so far the right way. I want to add, too, before I go back to Kenyatta, I want, I want to uh, give props to Julius as well for taking a, a, a nice deal. Because he could have got more money. Exactly, yeah. He yeah. got more money. Yeah. And he gave, he gave a, nice, a nice deal where it's that it helped him out down the line this year and down the line to get to get back a good place coming in and help us win the championship. So thank you for that too, Julius Randall. Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, that was, that was real nice. He gave him a real team-friendly deal. Mm-hmm. Really. Sure. I mean, I like the way the whole mix situation is going. The front office is doing the right things. The same the, the, the players, they're bringing in players, they're bringing in a certain type of player, guys that are, are hungry, they want it, guys that's yes. running. The, the, yes. the culture of the team has changed, so they're definitely somebody that you want to watch and you want to see or something. And they got to yes. get some players or something. And I, well think, I, I will say this, you know, a lot of people used to give them, give them hell and stuff, but I do think a lot of that stuff did start with Tibbs too, because I think, I think, I don't know how many coaches besides like Tibbs or Popovich or somebody at that level that could get Julius Randle to perform the way he's performing. But mm. you have like a high level coach to get him there to, to be able to do it. Don't get me wrong, he works on his own, but mm-hmm. to give him the confidence to put the ball in his hands and to allow him to do it is one is another thing. Because some of these other coaches that are not securing themselves will pull the plug right away. If he had a couple of bad games, Become more shifty, more crafty, because RJ's style, he's more upright, 
and he drives, he's like a line drive type of dude. Not really crafty with the ball. But I've, I've seen videos already, same thing quickly, right? Toppin's been putting in a bunch of work, both quickly and Toppin, people forget already, those guys were on the select team for the US, right? Yep. And that, that helped them a lot. So these guys are putting in work, you know? So that's one thing I've seen a ton of footage already of Julius Randle putting in work again. So it's not like Randle got that award and became complacent. The guy is working. So that's a culture change, I, I would say. These guys are putting in work. No, I, I think so. I think um, I think if you look at the two, I think all the guys that go, what's it, most, that's, that's part of the way they think that things going forward. So when you show up there, you need to be prepared. You can't be what's it, you can't. And I think they're, that's what's good now is uh, they're drafting guys who, who have that same mindset, like Grimes, McBride. Those are tough dudes. So they're coming in um, with that mindset already. Because I think now a guy who didn't have that mindset and he obviously doesn't fit Tibbs' system is, is uh, Kevin Knox, right? Yeah. So I think they're trying to shy away from drafting those type of guys now or bringing those type of guys into the system. See, you know what? That's the one thing I don't know if I liked about it is that Kevin Knox asked to play in the summer league. And it was he, uh, yeah, Kevin Knox, supposedly either he got hurt or there was some situation on his end where he, he couldn't play. Yeah, yeah he, I, he, I, he was supposed to be in the summer league, but he ended up I, backing out. I think it might have been injury or something like that. Yeah, it's obviously why he wanted to do it because he knows that they're not gonna, they weren't gonna bring him back. He's not in the future plan of the Knicks, so him wanting to play in the summer league was a way, you know, to show people his ability. And I do think that um, he's not gonna get money, but I'm pretty much sure that when he, whenever the Knicks are done with him or whatever they include him in whatever deal or something, he'll get a second round pick or somebody else will give him a shot because again, he's got a skill set. It just like. He just doesn't fit the Knicks, but if again, if he was on a team like the Lakers where he'd go stand in the corner and shoot, that might, yeah, that's that one might thing. be better. Knox gets in trouble when he has to think. If you make mm. Knox admit, you simplify the game for him, and like you said, let him stand in the corner or make quick moves, once Kevin Knox has to think and he has to dribble a couple of times, then that's when he's already in trouble. But if you make Kevin Knox dribble more than three times on a possession, he's in trouble. If he gets the ball and go, because the guy is athletic too. Right. Now forget that Ben Simmons dunk. Remember, you know, yeah. a year or two ago where he jumped over Simmons and knocked Simmons on the floor, dunking on him. Knox could jump. It's yeah. just that he he doesn't have the dribbling ability to get to the hole to do it. If if you get him on the pass and he can just go or just catch and shoot, then the guy is he's pretty good. The sad thing about it, and that's one of the reasons why you got to let him go, because exactly what you just said. You've been in a league for three or four years, and you're making millions of dollars, and you can't invest $10,000 to go work with Drew Hanlon or one of these other ball handling dudes over the summer. Yeah, see, like, that's one guy. Yeah, players that go with them every summer. Like, Anthony Davis handles the ball better than, than Kevin Knox. I watched Mitchell Robinson cross people over <laughs> dribbling better than Kevin Knox. He should so, be Kevin Knox. I and he's one of the guys who I haven't seen. I was speaking about how much work I see these guys putting in. I've seen some videos of Knox, but it's usually him working on his jumper and stuff like Making that. the same shots, we doing what we know he can do already. Yeah, he should be with, I want to see him with Brickley. 
you know, uh, somebody like that, a trainer working on some of those moves, but I haven't seen it. Maybe he is, and the footage just isn't out there. Yeah. Knox is definitely Knox is definitely a guy that should have stayed in school one more year for sure. He wasn't ready to come out. Um, but that being said, I'm actually got questions on the virus on the Knicks right now. Um, do you think that the Sims draft pick, the Sims pick has put it, uh, Mitchell on notice? Yeah, I would say based on his summer league performance. Initially, it was kind of like, all right, he, he was drafted 58th pick, right? He may be on in the, you know, Westchester Knicks or whatever the case may be, but this guy, he has the oh, jumping ability like Mitch, if, if not higher, right? He's, I would say, I don't know, Mitch kind of balked up supposedly in the offseason. Um, so he's yeah. a little stronger supposedly, but Sims has an NBA-ready body right now already. This guy is, is a, a monster out there. He's so, yeah, too. Think, uh, and he's, he's going to be cheap, right? Mitch is going to be looking to get paid. Yeah. Whether he starts or not, Mitch is up for a contract, well, so he's going to want to get paid. And Sims is, you know. You know who Mitch is represented Mitch. by, right? Mitch is a clutch sports client. Hmm. <laughs> you and your theories, man. Yeah, don't worry about it. The Lakers will be getting better soon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, hey, listen, man. Somebody go down, man. I'm quite sure I make a phone call to New York, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you know, the white, yo, what, the white Howard for Mitchell Robinson? Like, <laughs> we'll get your first round pick in 2029. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we're gonna make him sit out for the rest of the season. Mitch's big thing isn't his talent, it's his durability. That, and I always see these videos of him working on certain things in the offseason, and then it's like he gets in in the games and he's afraid to at least attempt it. Yeah, you know, shoot up. The, the kids will kill him. He shoot a few point, man. Kids will take his head <laughs> off, man. Do that at YMCA is all Yeah, we do that at YMCA is all good. You walk around with Carmelo LeBron and them crew and I got gym somewhere and, and, and Chelsea, Chelsea Pierce somewhere. That's cool, man. <laughs> don't be so mad at if you call with Tim's out there, man, at the garden. Uh, uh. Right? I think that's one of the don't things the Knicks... <laughs> I think that's one of the things now they may not need it as much because they got Kemba and Fournier, but that's one of the things that hurt them in the playoffs is that Capella was just sitting back in that paint. Right. Um, because right. Noel and Knicks, neither one of them could shoot. Right. Keller was pretty much playing a leading defense, you know, mm-hmm. in possession. It right. wasn't being called, and I can't blame him. So right. he was just sitting back, waiting for Rose, waiting for, for Randall, Barrett, waiting for these guys to penetrate. Mm-hmm. Because he had nobody to make him step away from the basket. Todd Gibson, you know, who, who could hit a shot? That was a big on the perimeter for the Knicks. Now that strategy won't necessarily work because you have guys who could create. You got Kemba, right? You got Fournier. So, that's kind of... RJ, even RJ, too. RJ yeah, RJ, yeah, is getting better with creating his own shot. I got I got the, I got the deal for you. You said Mitch to the Bulls to Lori Parker. You know what? Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that because marketing adds what we don't have, which is a yeah. big... Who can hit that three-pointer. Now you gotta... You know, that spreads the court. Yeah. Now RJ Barrett looks a lot better because the paint isn't congested. Randall can get to that basket. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. And yeah, also too, you don't need everybody to play tip defense one through five, man. You got somebody who could yeah. stretch that four out, man. So you only five great defenders out there, you know. I even though my partial tips would love that though, but you know, yeah. that work though. That sounds good. Usually, yeah, the old Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need five deep on on defense. You know? Right, right, exactly. Coming off the bench, then we good. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's like I don't even know about that. So, last thing, real quick, want to talk about is USA pulled it out, or should I say Kevin Durant and crew, or Kevin Durant and the Pips or something pulled it out. Or something. I mean. To me, it, it's, I, you hear all the stories about the world caught up and everything else. I mean, I do think it's a combination. I think the world caught up, but I also think we took, like, we sent kind of like a team of perennial losers. So, well, I mean, what do you guys think of what happened with that? Yeah, they, to me, they were lacking uh, any type of leadership, it seems like, from yeah. from a player standpoint, not so much like pop. Even though I don't think Pop's system was working out too well with, with the roster that he had over there, I think Pop probably needed to adjust his offensive system. Like that whole, you know, hold the ball three seconds, if, if nothing is there, pass it, cut. All that is great, but these guys are mostly ISO players, you know? So I think Pop could have did a better job adjusting his offense to cater to the players they had. But outside of that, I think the players on the court, I don't think they have much leadership. And I go back to that video of KD and, 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 and Bam out of bio arguing over, you know, KD supposedly making the three-pointer and out of bio grabbing the ball, not giving it back to him. And I think the chemistry was off, the leadership was off. Um, but like you said, KD stepped up and, and let him. Um, and I, I think uh, Jason Tatum did well down the stretch too in that game um but a lot of those guys too they didn't have olympic experience either right so a lot of those guys it was their first time over there too so adjusting the plan with all of those type of players um is a big adjustment like d book came from the finals right where he was the guy with the ball in his hands every single possession just about now he's sitting in the corner waiting to see if he's going to get the ball or not he may go up and down the court three, four, five times without touching the ball. So I think a lot of those guys had to adjust to that type of thing too. Uh, I, I think the addition of Drew Holiday was, was a difference more than yeah. Booker or Milton. I think um, his, his, his defense was, you know, guarding those European dudes. It was made for that, man. And he made a lot of big shots too as well, control the team. You know, we make, make good decisions as well. I don't, I don't know if those guys will win it without Drew Holiday. Yeah. To tell you the truth, you know, I mean, Booker played well as as games went on. He shot well as games went on. He shot well, even in, in uh, the chip game. Him Durant, you know, saying that got hot. But uh, you know, nothing like a guy, another guy who make good decisions, play good defense, and really don't play defense. No. He was getting cooked. He was going to have little no problem. Mm-hmm. I think the Jew, Adam Jew from the final was, was, was a key point, man. And I and think about it, he got there. He kind of started right away. So he got there. He started right away. So I tell you right now, you know, what it was lacking, so to speak, though. But talent-wise, you know, USA was a better team. 
But Australia, man, listen, they they, they came close, man. They couldn't make no big shots. They were playing defense. Because USA went to hold, what, fourth quarter? A, a, a good half, fourth quarter, half third quarter, not scoring any points. Yeah. But Australia, Australia couldn't score as well. So, you know, eventually they got hot and, and pulled it out. Yeah, they had the um. You heard the joke, right? What's the name? Um, so Yudoka is the coach of the Boston Celtics or something, and you know Patty Mills is going to the Nets, and when they beat him, what's the name? Um, Yudoka's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We know how to stop you. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, told him we know how to shut you down. So, mm. Well, you lying, man. Because in their, uh, Patty Mills, in their, um, their metal game, didn't Patty Mills go off like 40 or something crazy, yeah. right? He exploded yeah, in their metal game. Yeah, 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 Patty Mills is a good player, man. I like Patty Mills. Yeah, I, I always, you know, a while back, wish the Knicks would have brought him in. I know we kind of like flirted with Patty Mills a couple of times, and I thought back then he would have been a, a great pickup for us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So guys, again, another great night with you guys. Any final words, Ray? Um, just let's go Knicks. Besides the Knicks, um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing my Jets play. Football season is coming up, so let's go Knicks, Jets. Hopefully the Yankees get into the playoffs. So let's go New York sports. Yeah, it's good seeing you guys as usual talking sports. Oh, you, oh, you got to apologize too. You were the viewers, man. I can hit the wrong button, man, in my phone. I was trying to press mute, man, to tell my son something. I'm pressing leave with a big red X and leave. And, you know, so I guess I'm getting old, man. So, oh, you got to apologize on that, man. Um, other than that, I want to say a few uh, rest in peace to a few guys in legend of sports. Uh, Bobby Bowden, first day coach, legendary coach. He died at age 91. Uh, you know, I grew I mean, I knew for a little kid, get into sports, watching sports, you know, so he's probably my upbringing as a, as a sports fan, watching win chips and, you know, going to the finals and having, having a top team year in year out. So, well, rest in peace to Bobby Bowden. And I don't know if you guys remember a guy by the name of uh, Gerald Richards, too, by the way. He used to pitch for the Astros, man, back in the 70s. Great pitcher. He, he was like a, a black Randy Johnson, man, so to speak, from Randy Johnson. He was awesome. Um, Threw off our appearances, um, except for the stroke in 1980. Became homeless after a few divorces. He had a divorce and, and threw bad business deals. He wanted, he wanted to live in under the highway 10 minutes from um, the Astrodome, but he played for. Wow. And then in 94, so in 95, um, he was eligible for his pension, baseball pension. And while, while I came, he got he got a job and he got on his feet, man. But Jerry Richards, man, YouTuber, man, he was awesome, man. Dominant. Blatant Dominic, 6'7, 6'6, pitcher for the Astros, man. He was a great pitcher, man. So he died of uh, COVID related issues at the age of, uh, I think he was a little bit 71, I think he was, you know. So a uh, guy like him dying, man, it's like, you know, damn, man. I remember him as a little kid going to have a baseball card and watching pitch against the Astros, uh, with the Astros and other teams, man. Kind of like, you know, give me a quick flashback. So respect to those two guys, man, that's for sure. And for me, again, you know, just to go with Bobby, I, mean, I used to be a big Florida State football fan, you know, so I got to see all those all those games and stuff like that. So you have definitely missed, you know. For me, it was it was tough to see what he was when he got dismissed from Florida State, basically. They tried to make it like it was a step down, but 
he basically had dementia. That was tough for me. And I, I was fortunate enough to go see the, the Jets green and white game. <laughs> okay. And um, I could say, you know, I, I, I would temper our expectations as Jet fans as to what we what we see, <laughs> what we expect to win. Um, there's some interesting stuff going on with the Jets as far as Denzel Mims. I think he's the seventh receiver on the depth chart right now. He's <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he's the seventh receiver on the depth chart. So there's more Jets hooligans and foolishness going on. I just hope that they have a good, have a good season. Fellas. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> fellas. One more, where'd you go? Yeah. Just answer it. I have a comparison. Start one, trade one. That's it. Okay. Prime for prime. Prime for prime. Forget injuries. Prime for prime. Okay. Joe Johnson, Brandon Roy. No, don't go in detail. Just start one, trade one. That's it. We out of here. Start Brandon Roy. Hmm. Who said it? I think I uh, start Joe Johnson. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I figured you guys would split that up. I figured that. Um, I'm biased, so I'm gonna say Brandon Roy. But I'm biased. I love Brandon Roy. I'm biased. I love so I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. But I love Joe Johnson too as well. But thanks, guys, man. Another great show, man. Look forward. Yeah, to man. Yes, sir. Everybody, have a great night.